The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. What's going to make this year new and better? And what will make you new and better this year? Have you ever wanted to say bye to a year before? Now, if you've lived at all, you've probably had a few tough years. And so as a result, there's been some New Year's before that you were like, yes. And you were ready to lay the year before to rest. But this one was a little unique, right? Like, because it wasn't just one of us or a few of us that were like, you know, see a 2020. It was like all of us. I mean, I don't know if ever in all my years ever had a year where like everybody I knew was ready to like make New Year's Day like a funeral for the year before. And uh, so, hey, let, let's do this. I mean, I know that some of you are like, I don't even want to talk about 2020. I don't want to hear about 20. Patrick, please don't talk about 2020. I get it. But maybe just for a moment, you're online with us. You're at one of our campuses right now. Everybody, just allowed, like, see you later 2020 or something like that. You guys, you guys with me? So what are we going to do? We're going to say, bye 2020. Ready? I'm going to go three, two, one. You're all going to shout, bye 2020. Ready? Three, two, one. Bye 2020. See ya. All right. Some of you used a bad word before you said 2020. Stop that. All right. Here, here's the thing, right? Uh, 20, I don't even need to go down a list because we're, um, we're nearly a year removed from the two weeks of shutdown that became a year where we've spent a year dealing with pandemic and charts and graphs and stuff about sicknesses that none of us ever knew. Um, and we, we were worried for those that we love, those that are immunocompromised. We saw that spur into racial tension and political, political turmoil and economic upheaval that is having ripple effects all the way to right now. And, you know, there's some things about this new year that are good. I mean, regardless of where you land, you know, like the election's over, kind of. And that's hopefully coming to an end at some point. Again, regardless of where you land politically, like you, you got to at least be glad, like, okay, I'm done with the, the turmoil. And um, there's a vaccine coming out. Again, regardless of where you land, you're glad that a vaccine is going out so that the people that are immunocompromised and are exposed and are living in fear can have that, and that hopefully that'll mean that things will begin to uh, abate. But you know, as well as I do, that you probably land on one of two sides. Either you're like, it's a new year, it's a new me, and you're all pumped and excited, and you're just believing that turning the page on a new year is gonna make everything better, or you're kind of like, well, it's just resigned. You're like, what's gonna make it any different? And maybe you're caught in the politics and the news cycle, or maybe you're caught in the economic turmoil or whatever, and you're just gonna resign that 2021 is just gonna be like the continuation of 2020. As a joke, I texted some of my friends and some of our staff at New Year's, and I said, hey, happy New Year's. Welcome to 2020. And I sent the text, and then I said, I'm like, just kidding. Super excited about 2021. But some of you are living like that. Like, you're like, ah, oh, it's just another, you know, another year. It's just going to be this, more of the same. But regardless of whether, whether you're going down the path of just being resigned or thinking that turning the page is going to make everything new, let, let me challenge you that... Um, it's possible 
that there can be a new you in a new year. It won't be the turning of the page, but it will be deliberate decisions you make that will bring about real powerful life change. And I'm going to start with this question, what was cut from your life in 2020? Now you could go down a list probably, but there were some things cut from your life that you have to ask, was it good that they were cut out? What were the things that got cut out that should have been cut out? I know for me, some of the habits and some of the ways I, inter- I, I, I found kind of entertainment, I probably discovered that when all the sports got shut down and turned off, like I had a little more free time and a little more focus on my family and my kids, and that was probably for the better. And so that's a discipline now that on purpose, I'm going to cut out a little more attention. I'm I'm gonna put a little less attention on following sports than I am to my family, and so that's a good thing, right? There was things cut out of your life that maybe they should have been cut out of your life, and so you can put that stuff aside and maybe not pick that up in the new year. But then there was some things that you allowed to get cut out of your life or were cut out of your life that right now you need to ask if you need to bring those things back into your life and maybe you've let them stay out of your life for just a little too long. They got cut out and you didn't fight to bring it back in. Maybe you can relate to this story. So Thomas Jefferson, he took scissors to the Bible and he edited it himself. And he created his own version. Um, Now, don't get all crazy. Uh, Basically, it's kind of like the red letter Bible. It's all the words of Jesus and the context around which Jesus said those things. And it's called the the life and morals of Jesus, of Nazareth. And and you can can actually read it online. Um, What Thomas Jefferson did was he kind of had this deistic view that God is not involved in the everyday affairs of life. And so Jesus is this good teacher, moral instructor, and everything he said was so good good that it should still be offered without all the spiritual, without all the divine, without all the supernatural. And so what you have is all the teachings of Jesus without the presence of Jesus. And maybe your 2020 felt like that. Trying to do all the right things and you had all the morals and all the teachings without the power and the presence of God. One of the stories that Thomas Jefferson cut out was one that was included in three of the four Gospels. The the background, the context is uh, Jesus had just finished teaching. This was a part that Thomas Jefferson included. In fact, it's Jesus' greatest teaching, the greatest sermon ever preached. Often it's referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, In in your Bible, uh, at least in Matthew, it's three chapters long. So uh, Thomas Jefferson included that, but then he cut out the next part. The next part is when Jesus finishes teaching, he had been teaching while standing in a boat because the crowds were pressing in. And so Jesus is in a boat so that they don't just overwhelm him. And from the boat, he's talking to the people that are all scattered on the shore. Then after he finishes teaching, he's totally worn out. And so we kick in to the Bible, not Thomas Jefferson's version. This is a story that he cuts out. And so let's jump in here. We're going to read it in Mark chapter 4. That day when the evening came, so now it's getting late, Jesus has released the crowds. He said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And what I like about this is Jesus both gives direction and a destination. And many times in your life, while you're, while you're on the shore, 
before you set sail, Jesus says, all right, this is where I want you to go, and this is what I want you to do on the way. And it's super clear, and it's super simple. Let's go over to the other side. Let me keep reading. Leaving the crowd behind, okay, so they, they left the crowd, and they took him along, just as he was, just as he was in the boat, which, which is kind of a funny thing, like, meaning, like, they didn't get any other extra food, Jesus didn't get out of the boat and get showered and get cleaned up, get rested, like, just the way he was, like, he was in the boat, he just sits down, and they set sail. They just start, start cruising across the lake, um, and there were also other boats with them, and so this whole group, they set sail, and they're crossing the, they're crossing to the other side, and, and, and so, you know, there's this moment where Jesus is saying, this is where we're going, this is what we're going to do, and, and maybe, again, maybe that's what 2020 felt like. You, you have just a tiring, wearing out season, um, and you're like, I, I got to get away, and that's what Jesus does. He just wants to get away from the crowds, and so they you know, they're in the boat, they cross to the, they're crossing to the other side, and, but this is where the story takes a twist, and so we're going to keep reading here. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, this is worth pausing on because, uh, interestingly, this is really normal on the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus is teaching from a boat, the crowds are on the shore, they just, all right, hey, we're gonna cross to the other side, and they began to sail across the lake. Now, the Sea of Galilee um, is known for these sudden, dramatic storms. Interestingly, the way it's positioned geographically, you got mountains on each side. Now, it's hard to picture unless you've actually been there. And I, Laura and I had the privilege of going to Israel and actually taking a boat across the Sea of Galilee, and we spent the night right on the shore. And I will tell you, I, you know, all of us have heard crazy storms. This storm shook us. We were actually eating dinner, and it was so strong. I mean, it came on suddenly, and literally, we're in a nice hotel, and it was just booming against this hotel. I mean, to the point where you're like, this building's going down. It was that powerful of a storm. And so we were sitting there, and we we're like, I get it now. Like these sudden, crazy, powerful storms. And so I can't imagine being in the boat while this was happening. And so the, the conditions of the lake or of the sea are, are such that you get these crazy sudden storms that you can't see coming. And, it, and for them, it nearly swamped the boat. Interestingly, the conditions of each of our lives is uniquely fashioned for us to experience the same kind of storms. The Sea of Galilee is uniquely geographically positioned to get suddenly swamped with storms. And you and I, our lives, are uniquely positioned to get overwhelmed by the storms of life. Um, and, and then you're out in the deep water where you can't swim and you don't know how to get out of it and your life is getting rocked and wrecked and you're going, how did I get here? And the way that you and I end up in these deep storms is not because God sent them or God causes them, but because life is devastating. Life is hard. Life gets rocked by disease and death and destruction and ruin. And maybe one of the reasons why every one of us are uniquely positioned like the Sea of Galilee is what Jesus called sin. It's not that we cause storms. It's that our life is positioned in a way because we've pushed away from God and we're headed toward our own pathways and, and those pathways lead to ruin, separation from God. And so we follow desires that lead to our destruction. And every one of us, our life is uniquely positioned to get wrecked and rocked by storms sin storms, and, and all kinds of devastation. And the end result of that sin is that it leads to ruin and forever death. And, and so you may 
go, where is God in all of this? Where is God in, in the sin that's wrecked my life and the, the, the terrible decisions I've made? Where is God when my life was getting hit by others' bad decisions? Where was God when 2020 came? And they may have been wondering the same thing. In Mark chapter 4, verse 38, Jesus was in the stern. This is in the back, furthest, most part, farthest away part of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. Interestingly, of all of the there's four Gospels, each of them giving a different lens on the life and teachings of Jesus. <laughs> this is the only time that they make a note that Jesus slept. There's one time where they make a note that Jesus wept. This is the only time that it says Jesus slept. Uh, there's a lot of things they had to edit out, right? Like you don't find that Jesus is going to the bathroom in the Gospels. So this is the only time that they note that Jesus slept. And it just happens to be in a boat, in the back of the boat, in the middle of a massive storm. I mean, clearly Jesus was tired. He was exhausted to the point where he's sleeping through a violent storm, and maybe you feel like that's where God is. He's present, he's just not caring, uninvolved, disconnected from the rest of the troubles of your life. And so the disciples, they react to this. They woke, the disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we're drowning? Don't you care if we drown? I mean, we're about to die. We're about to get devastated. Our life is about to end. Don't you care? And maybe some of you are looking at this pasture and you're like, God, where are you? Don't you care? Don't you care what we've been through? Don't you care what we're going through? Don't you care about 2020? And God, how do I know that this year is going to be new and better? And you're ready to shake Jesus awake in your life. And when you wake him up, you're going to say to him, God, don't you care that we're all about to drown? And the key here is this. What is going to happen next is going to give you an understanding of the, how God turns circumstances around. Because what we know from this is that faith triumphs over fear. And, and so this isn't just some little hype statement. This isn't me just giving you a little inspirational challenge. Faith triumphs over fear. This is what I want you to see. The image I want you to get in your mind is faith over fear. I want you to see that and kind of imprint that in your mind. Faith over fear. And I think we have a little image. Can you guys go ahead and throw that up for me if we have it? There you go, right? So put this in your mind. Maybe you've seen it on a shirt. I just borrowed it. Faith over fear. In your life, when you're in the storms, it doesn't matter when things are calm. It doesn't matter when things are easy. It matters when you're in trouble, when your life is getting rocked, when it feels like everything is about to fall apart, when you think you're gonna drown. That's when faith over fear matters, when faith must triumph over fear. What I like about it is in this moment, they're waking Jesus up. Jesus, don't you care if we're, that we're about to drown? And you get this picture that Jesus stands up and he goes like this, hey guys, watch this. And I just have this picture of coming into 2021 with Jesus standing up from the back of the boat and everyone's like, don't you care, God? It's so bad. The world's falling apart. And Jesus stands up and he's just like, watch this. And so I'm going to read it for you. He got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith. He, Jesus stands up and he speaks first to the storm, then to their fear and their faith. 
He calms the storms, but the calming of the storm reveals a storm inside of every one of them. Not a storm of the circumstances, but a storm of trouble about who God is and whether they're in right relationship with God. And and right now, I promise you that if God just calmed all the troubles around us, all it would reveal is that there's still trouble inside of us, this sin storm that's tearing us up from the inside out. And so here's what you see for them. They go like this. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They, when they woke Jesus up, it, it, it's like as if they were rebuking him. Jesus, don't you care? And then I like how the text switches it and says, and Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves. He didn't rebuke their lack of faith. He didn't rebuke their fear. He rebuked the storm. He didn't, he didn't attack them. He didn't correct them. He calmed the storm and revealed the storm in them and then spoke to their storm. And what you and I need to know, not not just that faith triumphs over fear, faith in Jesus triumphs over fear. And right now for you and I, God is in the boat of your life and he has invited you to cross over to the other side. He has given you clear direction and a clear destination. And yet you and I, we can live in turmoil because our lives are uniquely positioned to experience sudden and destructive sin storms. And in the middle of it, we can get lost in turmoil and lost in fear and believe wrongly that God is nowhere to be found. And if he is there, he doesn't care. But God is alive and awake in your year. And God wants to do something only God can do. And so I'm looking at this year just believing it's going to be an only God year, not because it's 2021 coming after 2020, but because every day and every year of your life, God is present and God wants to be actively at work. But, you, but by faith, you have to acknowledge God and invite him in to the storms of your life. And so if that's where you're at, regardless of what you're walking through, regardless of what you've been through, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's your starting point faith in Jesus Christ. And so can I encourage you to say yes to, through faith in Jesus? Here's what happens. When you believe in Jesus, you're asking God to forgive you of your sins, to remove the shame and the guilt. And you believe that Jesus not only died, he rose again for you, for you to give you new and forever life. And so when you believe in Jesus, you're not only forgiven, you're given new and forever life. You're welcoming God's spirit into your spirit so that there is a new you in this new year. And if that's the commitment you're making, would you say yes to Jesus and then let us know? You can let us know by texting the name Jesus to 41411. I want to encourage you. Take that step of faith. You let us know that you're saying yes to Jesus. We want to encourage you. One of our pastors wants to follow up with you and give you a quick text to give you a next step. So you, as you begin this journey of faith in God, you have someone to encourage you along the way and give you some tools to help. Now, as you say yes to Jesus, here, here's what Jesus does, right? Jesus stands up. He speaks calm to the storm, and then he speaks to their fears and invites them into a life of faith. Now, here's what I want you to make sure you don't miss. Only Jesus offers fear-triumphing faith. This is not faith in faith. This is not faith in just a generic, unnamed, unknowable God, right? Like this is the person of Jesus in the stern of the boat in the middle of a storm. God is present. He's in the boat. Now you might not think he's awake. He might be asleep in the boat, but I assure you that we're not throwing our faith into some generic, unknowable 
unstoppable God. We believe in the Jesus that we read about in the Bible. We believe that the gospels are accurate historical accounts of the life of Jesus, that Jesus died for us, that he rose again, and my faith is in the person of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, who died and rose again for us. And so only Jesus offers fear-triumphing faith. And so I am inviting God into my storms. I'm inviting Jesus into the impossibilities of my life. And when I invite Jesus by faith into the impossibilities of my life, faith gives me the courage to step away from fear into trusting God with whatever troubles, whatever storms I am facing. And so I'm facing, so I wanna challenge you. I wanna invite you. A line I wanna make sure you didn't miss is this. Don't doubt while you're in the storm what you heard clearly on the shore. Jesus is, the, the boat's right near the, sto- the shore, and he says, let's cross over to the other side. And then as they begin to cross, a storm comes, and they begin to doubt. Jesus, don't you care that we're all about to drown? Of course Jesus cared. Jesus had already told them the direction, and he had already given them the destination. All they needed to do is put faith in Jesus that he knew where they were going, and he was present with them. See, Fear wants you to doubt the destination of God and the presence of God and act like Thomas Jefferson, who just saw Jesus as a good teacher, but not a very present God. And the disciples in this moment were doubting what they heard on the shore because they were in the storm. And so don't question in the storm what God spoke on the shore. God, you know, something in your heart told you to step out in faith. Stick, stick it out in your marriage. Keep working at that job. Keep writing that book. Keep giving faithfully. Keep attending church. But then you got out in the storm of 2020, and suddenly everything started to sound questionable. Then you didn't know what to believe or what you could trust. Don't doubt in the storm what you heard on the shore from God. The same God who spoke, let's cross to the other side, is present with you in the storm. Here's the key. (laughs) Your, Your perspective of the size of God will determine what you will fear. Because they viewed Jesus as only a good teacher and not a present God, they feared the storm. But if you trust God, if your, if your perspective of Jesus is that he is a very present, loving, all-powerful God, then you know you've got God in the boat with you. And as a result, you don't have to fear the storm. You trust and put your faith in Jesus, right? Your perception of the size of God will determine what you fear. But you and I have a fear triumphing faith in Jesus. And as a result, regardless of the circumstances around us, when our faith is in Jesus, it's not that we don't see the storm. It's not that we don't recognize that it's a devastating storm. It's that we go like this. God spoke to me that we're going to cross over to the other side, which means he's going to get me through this, no matter what that through may look like. I'm going to trust him through the storm. He is with me, he will stay with me, he will never leave me, and he will never forsake me. I have a fear-triumphing faith in Jesus. Let's jump into the story and get a few more little principles out of it. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you, have you still no faith? Right, he calms the storm, and then he speaks to the fear storm in their hearts. 
And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, faith is the courage to face the impossible. When they question Jesus, they begin to discover that Jesus is more than a moral teacher, more than a God who offers good principles on how to live through the troubles of life. He is a present, all-loving, compassionate God who is with us and able to carry us through. It's not just a faith in God's teachings or in good principles. It's a faith that Jesus is with us, and because Jesus is with us, he gives us the courage to face the impossible. Here's what faith does. Faith invites us into the impossible, and then we invite God into our impossibilities. I think you missed that. Let me say it again. Faith encourages us to step out into what is impossible. Then we invite God into our impossibilities. See, faith views the world totally different because when I am powerless, I can see the power of God. When I am hopeless, I find my hope in God. When I have no peace, my peace is found in Jesus. When I have nothing to offer, I discover God as my provider. When I feel broken, I see God as my healer, right? So what, what happens is I step out into the impossibilities, and then I discover that God shows up in my impossibilities and reveals what is possible only for God. If your dreams are possible, if your prayers could be answered by you, they're too small. It's time to start praying some only God-sized prayers. It's time to start pursuing some only God-sized dreams. It's time to start setting some goals that will fail without God showing up and being present in your life. It's time to start giving in a way that you can't follow through unless God shows up. It's time to start serving in such a way that you can't do it unless God does it through you. See, you and I, we need to discover that faith gives us the courage to step into and face the impossible. One more principle. Here we go. Their question, Jesus says to them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? 2021 was a good year for you. It was like a really tough workout. It hurts. Faith, like a muscle, must continue to be strengthened. Don't miss this. You know, you work out, whether you do endurance sports, or you're in the gym, or you're doing, I don't know, you're doing yoga or something, I don't, I don't know. Um, here's what happens, like, when you do those stretches and you do workouts, like, it burns and it hurts, that's good. Sometimes pain is good for you, right? Because it's stretching you to an uncomfortable place so that then the body can heal, and, and when it heals, it heals stronger. These seasons, they stretch you. And then as you, your faith steps in and God begins to carry you, it's a, it's a muscle that must continue to be strengthened. For some of you, 2020 was a year that softened your heart toward God. It strengthened your faith. For others of you, it revealed your need for control. It revealed where your idols are placed. You put more trust in your politics or your career or your education or your identity than you did in Jesus. For some of you, this year, this past year pushed you away from God, believing that he was not only not in the boat 
Or if he was, he was asleep. But I want to challenge you to see that this past year was a faith-stretching season. As you step into a new year, are you softer toward God or harder? Are you strengthened in your faith or weakened? Because now you can begin to be strengthened regardless of what 2020 did to your faith. This year, you're going to be a new you because you are going to step into faith and step out in faith because you're going to begin to exercise the muscles of your faith. How? Spend time in God's Word. Because as you read the Bible, and don't just read your favorite parts, commit to reading the Bible through, or at least read the New Testament. As you read the Bible, you believe that God did it before, He can do it again. If Jesus could stand up and calm the storms from a boat, then He can calm the fears in your heart. And if He did it then, He can do it today. If He can feed 5,000 with a few small loaves and fish, then He can certainly meet our needs today. If He can heal the the eyes of the blind, he can heal our spiritually blind eyes. If he can, if he can heal the legs of the lame, then he can invite us to walk by faith, right? If he did it then, he can do it today. He can do it in 2021. And I'm stepping out believing that this can be an only God year, a year that's marked by God doing what only God can do. It won't just happen. It'll happen because people of faith began to live by faith and exercise the muscles of their faith by expanding their faith through reading the Word of God. You guys spend time in prayer. Spend time in conversation with Jesus. Talk to Him. Lay down your burdens and your fears. And as you begin to release your fears and your burdens to God, He will begin to lift you, lift your spirit and strengthen you. He will begin to put His Word in your heart. He'll begin to speak hope and courage and love into you. Spend time in the Word of God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. Worship washes away the worries. Worship lifts our eyes to Jesus so we get an expanded view of God because our perception of the size of God will determine what we fear. You want to drive out fear in your life? Spend time worshiping a great, awesome, loving God. So what's the commitment right now? Where, Where do you need to commit to strengthening your faith and live a fear of faith over fear year. Not just because you say it, but because you're gonna live by faith rather than believing your fears. What's that step you're gonna take right now? Let me pray over you. Jesus, we know that 2021 isn't just gonna be a great year on its own. And we're not just gonna become new and better on our own. It's going to take us believing in you by faith, giving this year to you, dedicating this year to you, dedicating our lives to you, and then committing to living by faith rather than being driven by fear. We're going to believe your word rather than believing our fears. We're going to trust you are present rather than believing our worries are true. So God, give us courage to face the impossible. Give us the faith. Give us faith that grows stronger like a muscle through the testing and the trying and the challenges that we're going to live this year. May we finish this year more in love with you than we came into this year. Give us soft hearts and tender hearts toward you and toward your spirit. So God, we give 2021 to you 
Not just believing that it's going to be a great year, but that it's going to be an only God year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.